0: Hello. Hello, listener. This is now an ASMR podcast. Hello. I've got I've got a new color from the that static nail palette I talked about last time. This one's called Havana. Ooh, I was gonna go pumpkin spice. It's a very It does look pumpkin spice, but it's called Havana and it makes me giggle because at a place I used to work, um, they would name the meeting breakout rooms after either different cities on certain floors or, ho- um, not hotels, <laughs> now I'm thinking about the episode, cities on certain floors and airport codes on, on certain floors. I know. So one of the meeting rooms was called Havana. Okay. Okay. And this was around the time that that song came out, Havana Unana. <laughs> so one day I got real bored, and I definitely posted Unana on the wall <laughs> after Havana. La <laughs> it stayed there for a while. Nobody noticed. Oh no! And no. think people laugh. appreciated it. <laughs> it made me giggle. I don't
1: know. So what? So like on some floors was it like Meet Me at Y Y Z or whatever? It was like Meet Me
0: at L A X. Oh, okay. Or, like, your meeting room. Like, when you went to a meeting, it would be, like, meeting in LAX. I don't know. why. What is YYZ? Is that Toronto? Did I just pick that? YYZ? I assumed you just made that up, Kanye West. Real genius talk. <laughs> YYZ? <laughs> I think that's Toronto. Well, now I'm going to look it up. <laughs> well, Toronto does have two different airports, right? YYZ airport. It is Toronto Pearson. Wow. Woo! It's just like the movie French Kiss where Meg Ryan is trying to get her Canadian citizenship and she's like talking to the citizenship guy and he's like, I- I'm sorry, but you've been denied. Wanting to be transparent here. I don't, I don't I've never seen that
1: movie, but I'm It's going... so
0: good. It is so good. You have to see it. It's classic Meg Ryan. And of course I'm blanking on the guy's name. Is it Kevin Klein. Klein? Kevin Klein? Kevin not Klein, not Chris Klein. God, Kevin Klein. Chris- Chris Coyne is, uh... American Pie. Yay, yeah, yeah, Who, like, Katie
1: Holmes dated a long it's time ago. It's so
0: different. It's so different. I love it. So,
1: last episode, we had Brian
0: Wilson and Brian Williams. I do. This is me. This was me. <laughs> so, Super Husband is, like, a walking IMDb dictionary warehouse of knowledge about, say, anyone's name who is in the film industry, or you can be, like, you know, the director of that one movie and he'll be like oh you mean like full name where they went to school their entire filmography and i'm like you know that one actress who is in that movie and she has the brother who likes the squirrels and um <laughs> you know the name of that movie it was it was the golden something you know it's just awful it's awful um
1: i do actually remember That super husband has that talent. Because I remember Mm -hmm. when you were trying to name second daughter, every suggestion you had, he'd be like, well, that's so-and-so's brother.
0: Not just... This this was an ongoing thing. It wasn't just say it was first daughter or second daughter. I'm sure if we have (laughs) another pet, it'll be that. It's just... But he's also one of those people who was like, well um i had a friend in middle school who had a bully whose name was blah 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 and so we can't i can't ever have a kid named blah 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 and like i'm on board with that though but like at some point if you think hard enough you can you can come up with a negative connotation for anything so it's really tough to find a name where there's like a complete blank slate
1: Oh, I remember that nightmare. I remember you being like, I'm on tier Z of names. <laughs> and both your daughter's any, names are
0: beautiful. They're beautiful say, not that any, uh, Not that either of them has a tier Z name, but yeah, it's true. It's like you come up with lists and I know a lot of people have a system where they're like, oh, this person gets X vetoes but then they have to come up with Y number of new submissions. And he is not a Y number of new submissions. He is just a veto. And, and sometimes <laughs> eventually it just happened without rationales. Just no no no
1: (laughs) as a little note we have not yet done our intro
0: (laughs) (laughs) oh on that note hello listeners i'm I'm MM. i'm katie (laughs) we are by coastal besties bonding over wine mysteries mysteries. canada This is the Wine Times Mysteries podcast,
1: <laughs> currently not powered by wine, uh, if you believe it.
0: <laughs> I mean, just... last night when I was re-watching this episode, it was these notes are 110% powered by Outwink Wine. Right now, this is being powered by the nap that I just woke up from and is a little off topic.
1: And mine is powered by tea because uh, I forgot to buy coffee. And strongly disapprove. Going strongly, by, strongly
0: going by what disapprove. we've got. I mean, um, I like tea and all, but coffee is just. Look, they're going to kick you out of Seattle. They're going to tell you you got to go. You cannot live in Seattle and say that things are powered by tea.
1: I mean, it's okay. I mean, I'm trying at my sips Buy box, so I'm, I'm trying this. I think it's hashtag Golden not a sponsor. Monkey. Could be Golden Monkey black tea. It's pretty good. Golden
0: Monkey Blocky sounds like a curse. We'll see. Like the, monkeys, like the monkey monkeys paw. Monkey paw. Mhm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh.
1: So, this so, episode is, is ostensibly
0: uh, about Unsolved Mysteries Reboot episode uh-huh. 2 season 2. <laughs> uh this
1: this episode is called Death in Oslo. Um and actually it's it's a kind of a little it feels a little bit different than our mo- than most episodes because we don't know who the victim is. Uh, that's kind of the whole thing is that she's unidentified. So we don't have interviews with neighbors, family members. You know, We don't get the whole backstory of they were this great person, da-da-da-da. We basically get the snippets that we know and this uh, investigative journalist's quest. Um, he, you know, gets really kind of, this is his Moby Dick of a case of he Thank wants you. to find it. I said the um, same
0: thing in a few different places in my notes. It's like, Lars. I love his passion and dedication, but also a little bit obsessed, I feel like, with uh, with this case and this lady. So, two, two initial notes. Number one, Oslo, we get it. You're beautiful. <laughs> you're Norwegian clean. Norwegian and... Your citizenry obviously believes that people deserve things like, I don't know, respect? Since you're going this far out of your way for someone who we don't know who they are. Um... And number two, I feel like Netflix really missed an opportunity here. Because this is set mid-1995. Mm-hmm, this mm-hmm. is an era of some of the best music. True. We have no soundtrack for the era. None. And we really could have used some. I mean... They're not, they're not paying those licensing fees. <laughs> they re- they aren't. I mean, mad respect. I understand being on a budget. Um, but that just... To me, I was like 1995. And then I heard no better than Ezra. Yeah, no, no establishing shot with no. some.
1: I remember running through the wet grass, following a step behind. Thank uh, you. <laughs> there was no gin blossoms. Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. Our cold open is starts out with the reenactment. We see, you know, with this short haired woman, um, she's unidentified. They're asking, why is she in Oslo? Why is this happening? Um. So on Wednesday, May 31st, 1995, this woman checks into the Plaza Hotel, which is the to- one of the top luxury hotels in Oslo at the time.
0: It is a fancy hotel for fancies.
1: And this is also when we meet uh, Lars Christian Wegner, who is our journalist, who uh, this is his Moby Dick. And three days in, someone at the front desk realizes that they haven't been given a credit card. How on earth? earth did she get a room with no identification with no like she didn't prepay she didn't give a credit card i can't talk myself into anything even like with a cable bill you know people are always like well just call and complain to your cable company and they'll like find a deal for you like they say threaten to leave so i'm like well you know i'm gonna threaten i'm gonna go to the competitor and they're like bye like i can't <laughs> talk my way into anything
0: so how she got this room? but i got this th- i don't know if it was her talking her her way in or I, I, who knows? We don't know. Right. Because they never established that they did the legwork to find out who the person was that actually checked this person in. Kind of like last episode where they never established who actually gave Jack a ride from the pharmacy to the train station. They don't actually establish Mm -hmm. who it was that was working at the front desk that did this. They do mention
1: later that someone at the front desk says she has an East German accent, but... Right. And so it's, it's like th- follow right. up were, on that. <laughs>
0: there were people there were people at the front desk who saw things, but they never were like, oh, yeah, Jane checked her in. Totally.
1: Right. On Saturday, June 3rd. So if you did because that Wednesday to Saturday. Um, so they send up a security guard. He knocks on the door and a few seconds later, there's a gunshot. It strikes me as really coincidental, kind of like when you're watching any sort of, uh, you know, drama and something's happening outside and they turn on the news and it's always right as the newscaster is saying exactly what they need to know. Um, It just, I was just like, he knocked on the door and then the gunshot happens and then
0: he waits a little bit and then he leaves. I screamed at the TV. I screamed. (laughs) And then, so number one, he hears a gunshot and he just leaves. Number two... How does he get back downstairs to talk to his supervisor or get to, like, HQ for security? He takes the elevator, which is something <laughs> they tell you over and over again. In an emergency, don't take the elevator. Now, granted, this hotel has got, like, a gazillion floors on it. And I think she was staying on the 28th floor. Mm-hmm. But still, you're going to wait for the L, ele- And in my mind I just see him like Moseying on down Hitting the button Checking his What is <laughs> waiting Just waiting Can't even scroll on his phone Because it's 1995 That's not a thing So he's just Really chilling Waiting For an elevator They had walkie talkies In 1995 Thank 95. you Like Stay use there it. And
1: radio down Thank Or you. use your security key And go into another room And use a phone in there And like Keep an eye on the door So they're saying <laughs> That there's basically A 15 minute gap Of the door not being watched. So he leaves, he goes down, gets the security chief, they come back, and that's 15 minutes. So it's not even, he went, ran downstairs, got the security chief, and they rushed back. It just doesn't seem, if there's a gunshot, you'd think, I don't know what went through his head, and like, we never know. However, you'd think that he'd be like, let me go help the person that's in there or did the security guard like not have a key and he the security chief to bring the ca-
0: who knows but i, I was don't just know. like why would you leave or anyway how about a lot of these fancy hotels in the um the lobby area of each floor they will have a courtesy phone <laughs> use the phone to call the police don't just like uh, <laughs> i was screaming super husband of course watch this episode again with me <laughs> And he was, his excuse for this was they're Norwegian. They don't have a lot of crime or murder. So security has no way of knowing how to handle this. And my rebuttal is their job is security. They have to have a way to handle this. And and, and this is supposed to be a hotel where like high ranking government officials are staying. Um, super VIPs stay here. This is, like, the top luxury hotel in Oslo at the time. It's still there. Um, it looks like a very nice place. But you're gonna tell me they don't know how to handle this stuff? Come
1: on. You think they'd be trained, because, like, what if it's an assassination attempt on, like, a dignitary that's there? You think that they'd be trained at least for, like, basic first aid to go in? And, I mean... Um, as we find out, she has been shot in the head, so it's not like he could have saved her. Um, wow, way but to spoil who the episode. Katie. Way to spoil
0: the episode. All they know is there's been <laughs> a gunshot and you just jumped a shot in the head. So <laughs> they gap of
1: 15 minutes. Oh my god. Fifteen uh, and minutes then they come back with the chief who knocks on the door. I liked that.
0: Excuse me. <laughs> Mr. Mr. <laughs> Gunman, are you still there? Excuse who? me. Um, so the room
1: is double locked. And then there's one of our amazing, probably fed by Netflix, or just the most ob statement of obvious. um, When the room is double locked, that means you really don't want someone to come in. (laughs) Thanks, Lars. Uh,
0: so room is double locked. The only way you can get in if the room okay, is double. Wait, but she also had a do not disturb sign on, which is why no oh, one had wow. asked her for a credit card for three days. <laughs> I, which is also why probably why they knocked. Like when there was a gunshot, ma'am. I, but you don't want to be disturbed. I'm so sorry. Uh, if you're done murdering people, can can you give us a credit card now? Because it, <laughs> please, it sounds like there's gonna be some blood in there to clean up.
1: They. When it's double locked, which I thought that meant that like maybe like the physical thingy was like over like the chain or like the thing like you know the latch I was, thing. I was
0: thinking that too, but who apparently knows? it was just
1: a key card did it. So okay, like why can't just a regular lo- whatever? So, Again, I'm not double- I'm <laughs> not in
0: security. What do I know? I I would think that you don't just leave after the gunshot happens, but that's just me. I don't understand things like protocol and double locks.
1: You know they. Open with the key card. They So he sees a woman on the bed and smells a strange acrid smell. And then they leave. <laughs> <laughs> again.
0: They leave again. And when she's on the, the bed, her position on the bed's not what I think of in my head. If you're just like they found someone shot on the bed. It was like she was sitting on the edge of the bed. So her from her knees down were still hanging off the, the foot. Like, where your feet will go on the bed, and then the rest of her body is laying down. On the bed, mm-hmm. no pillows. So, at this point, we meet, um and apologies to all our myriad Norwegian listeners, but I'm going to murder all these names. Okay, and just be thankful that you all won the lottery of life and you were born in this gorgeous country. where like, I don't know, you have feelings for people and want to take care of them. Um, please, pardon our ignorance. I'm so yes. sorry. Yes. Uh, we meet Auden Christensen, who was in the police at that time, and
1: he explains that they come in. There's a woman dead on the bed, gun in her hand, a wound in her head, and the, and that the room was double locked from the inside. There was no evidence of another person, uh, no evidence of a struggle. Um, the records of the key card entering the room showed that there was not a lot of entering because, you, you you know, you don't use your key card to leave. So they only have people entering, the, like the records of people entering. And they're like, there wasn't a, a lot of key card use. So there, you know, not a lot of leaving of the room. They said investigators couldn't find any identifying information, no passport, no credit cards, no nothing. Um, all labels had been removed from her clothes. And they also, she also had no clothes from the waist down. Not saying that she was, like, naked on the bed, but, like, of the clothes that she had in the
0: room, she had stuff for the top, but no, like, pants, skirts, things like that. So, for two thoughts when I was watching this. Mm -hmm. Number one, maybe she has sensitive skin. You know, maybe that's why she took out the tags because we all know those can be a (laughs) bitch. Okay? Um, And then number two, this statement of she didn't pack anything from the waist down... It comes up multiple times with Lars. And again, I don't want to say he's obsessed with it. it comes up multiple times. Every time they show her, she's wearing, um, in the reenactments, obviously, she's wearing black tights and or legging, leggings or tights. And then she's got something over the leggings or tights, either short, fancy black shorts or a black skirt. I can't really tell. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my second thought was just, you know what, Lars? Maybe she's a savvy packer. Maybe she packed multiple tops. It's like a capsule wardrobe, okay? Exactly. Multiple <laughs> tops that go with the same bottom. And you can have, like, five different outfits that way. Okay, so here's where I went with it. Mm-hmm.
1: And I swear to you that I did this on my own. Sure, sure. As, sen- as soon as they said all the labels were removed, I was like, she's a spy. <laughs> so, of a- course she wouldn't pack a ton no matter you know she's there for her mission she's got her whatever she's packed like literally thought she was a spy mostly because um as soon as this started i i thought there was a buzzfeed unsolved episode about this because i love those ghoul boys over at buzzfeed unsolved Mm. and i was like they've done something on this googled it i don't think they have i think it's another person whose labels were all removed and the theory there, is that a they spy. So this is where I'm making the leap, I think, and I'm like, oh, she's a spy. Obviously. Well, it, it does
0: sound like something you'd hear in one of the greatest shows ever on television, Alias. Oh my it god. Seems well, like so a, it really seems like an Alias, kind of a storyline. But again, it, it go to the no ID thing. That means she also didn't have a passport. So my mind thinks, so is she Norwegian? Or did she get into the country, into the hotel, and then... Like, did she shoot herself? Or if she didn't shoot herself, did whoever shot her take mm-hmm. all of her identification with her? And in the photo, she is still holding the
1: gun. And it, she is gripping it in such a way where it's, you know, if you imagine someone pointing the gun at themselves and, like, squeezing the trigger with their thumb, that's how she's holding it. Although that does come up later, and we'll talk about um, why people think don't think that that is proof of suicide. Right. And it looks... the, the photo looks
0: awkward let's just say it that. does. it it's does it's very awkward
1: and and doesn't look awkward in the way that you shoot yourself and then like that's how you fall it just very it looks you know we'll, we'll, yeah. we'll get yeah. there. yeah couldn't find any identification and Auden also brings up how was she able to get a room with no id or credit card so the only info they have on her is what was on the registration
0: card that she filled out when she was getting her room um here but just real quick have you ever had to fill out a registration card for well, a hotel room
1: No, but it's ninety five. So I'm I'm thinking this is something that would be auto filled out by me booking online. You know, just saying like filling in what my name is and everything that like
0: basically the shit that shows up on your bill, right? Like all of kind of like the basic stuff. Man, it used to be so easy to spy. (laughs) Just write in some somebody else's name, address, make it up. Who cares? Uh, On the card, her name is a fake name, and it's
1: Jennifer Fairgate. I mean, it even says that there's a company. I, I was curious they didn't bring this up. It says there's a company she works for, and it's called Service, CERBIS, C-E-R-B-I-S. Mm-hmm. They don't go into that. So the only fingerprints in the room, Auden says, were from this woman. She had called the hotel a couple of days before she arrived, saying that there would also be a
0: Lois Fargate, although they say Lewis Did like it's say- a dude. Yeah, and they talk about later that they, she was, Some someone at the front desk said that they saw her check in with this Man near her or behind her. So yeah, when mm-hmm. I first saw Lois, I was like, "Oh, how sweet! How sweet. She's going with her mom." Um, no, <laughs> nothing sweet about it. No.
1: So the hotel had cameras, but there is no info in the reports of the police actually searching those cameras. Lars says, "I think this story is so weird." I'm like, "Me too, Lars."
0: Thank you, Me Lars. Too. God, how refreshing <laughs> to have an honest opinion. Thank you. Me too
1: right so there were no missing person reports for them to kind of sync this person up with um so it was investigated as a homicide because of kind of the weird stuff that they were finding for a few weeks but then the police went back to their suicide theory they kept the body for about a year in, just in case reports came in um, before burying it and they closed the case in uh june of 96 buried her with no headstone um, which I get, she, I get that she's not identified, so there's no headstone, but you think there'd be like a marker there so that no one was just like, I'm going my dog shit right
0: here. I mean, you know I mean, okay, yes, I thought it was strange that there was no marker, and interesting that they all were able, Lars was like, well, she's buried right here, like, how would you ever know? But let's talk for a minute, again, what a country where they are taking such care of this deceased, unidentified person, where they give her a funeral and Lars was making apologies he's like I mean there was no priest it was bare bones but they nice coffin pallbearers in this gorgeous like lush green cemetery I don't know I was like can you imagine I have no idea what we do in the United States when this happens but my guess is it's closer to the last episode I don't, I mean, I can't imagine. I mean, there's so much dignity and respect for this unidentified person and just brings out, again, like what a trash country we live in. I am sure we don't go to these lengths for people. So
1: that's basically the info. That's what we know. Um, So then we get into Lars's great search. So at this point, this is when he started to get involved with the case. Because he was doing a story on missing people in Norway um, and, and identified people. And that's when he finds out about this. And that's when he's just like, this is a, a mystery. He's like, someone out here has around has to know something about her. She has to have a family. And I get it. Like when you, when there's enough threads for you to pull on, but there, you don't know, you, you know, that's why we all get obsessed with mysteries. That's why we're all into true crime, I assume. Because like you get to, you know, everyone wants to be a detective. So even though we've established that both of us be, be awful at it, awful, he had a um, name.
0: I don't remember if it was Keith, Kevin. I don't know. He was a guy. <laughs> he was a male. He possibly. I don't had know how hair. he
1: identifies. He had
0: hair. That's it. Yeah, exactly. He might identify as something else. He presented as male. I don't know. That's about all I have.
1: So um, at this point, he starts to investigate. So he had published a story in '96 in his newspaper. At this point, he says where he keeps his notes, and I was just like, is someone going to steal his notes? Because, uh, again, remember, I'm already on the spy train. I'm already on.
0: People don't so, steal things in Norway. Uh,
1: so he says he published a story in 96, and he takes the story out every so often to kind of re-up it, get it re-in front of people um, to get them involved. So now we see him kind of going on some of his investi- investigation. So he goes to... Uh, Verlaine in Belgium, which is a town that actually exists. It's what she wrote as her address on this registration card. Um, and there he involves a Belgian journa- journalist
0: named Cedric Legast. And oh, Cedric. Let's talk about Cedric's English accent, which I should note that's wrong. His accent when he speaks English, like, I think he might have learned English from someone who was maybe... Irish or something it was gorgeous I was like oh Cedric keep talking please French English whatever so
1: they go around Berlin which is a small village and they talk to the mayor who's been the mayor for quite a while and the mayor is his name is uh Hubert Genet he's speaking French because Belgium and um he is a character he is, he's so animated and like he cannot be still and he's so funny um, just because he's just so We're, okay. I know everyone, and this is how you become yes. mayor. And- we are
0: never getting away from the bad French tropes that we are are <laughs> perpetuating on this podcast. But Super Husband and I are watching this. We even, of course, because he's watching, we have the subtitles on too. Um, And he, he's like doing something else on his computer for half the time. He just hears the mayor talking, and he starts going ho ho ho. <laughs> And he goes, well, what's he talking about? Cafés and croissants? <laughs> I'm like, well, there's actually subtitles on. No, he's talking about how he's about how you get to be the mayor because you know everyone, and he's from the town, and he built a house next to his mom's, and he knows everything about this town, and he's never... They had the composite drawing of, quote-unquote, Jennifer Fairgate, and he says he's never seen... Doesn't ring any bells, never seen her, not familiar. Mm-hmm. Also, Jennifer Fairgate doesn't strike me as the most Belgian sounding name? No, 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 Celine. No, Benoit. (laughs) She could have been an expat that decided to, you know, eat, pray, love her way into
1: a little village in Belgium.
0: Which, Um, gorgeous little village, (laughs) reminds me of Belle's village again. And also, just the striking difference with Unsolved Mysteries, where when they show the tiny town population 4,000 or less in the U.S., it looks like a meth hole. When they show it in Belgium... (laughs) (laughs) It looks like a charming French countryside. Oh, you know, <laughs> Belle's gonna so, come out and sing a song and go see the baker
1: and insult all of the everyone. Um, it's like here comes Belle to, to sing her daily mean song oh. about us. Um, so they go around, and they talk to people, they show them this, uh, they show this composite drawing, and and no one recognized her. But honestly, it, they're, whenever they're doing this, I assume they're this is you know. Uh, present day, because Netflix is shooting it. Um, If you ask me right now, did I see this person back in the 90s?
0: (laughs) Well, but I think the idea is that it's this tiny town, so you would know if there was someone who had been associated with it that went missing. Mm -hmm. I assume people would still be talking about it, because what else is there to talk about besides how gorgeous it is? Mm -hmm. I guess you get tired of talking about how everyone has, you know, healthcare and parental leave and like life is just dandy what was that
1: that was on your end
0: i'm not gonna investigate that (laughs) that's gonna be our own unsolved mysteries i'm assuming that there's there's uh another competent adult mouse who knows and and is keeping an eye on things (laughs) Uh,
1: Um, if i
0: get murdered while we are recording this give it to the police don't I wait will. 15 minutes, please. I will not.
1: <laughs> so, uh, Jennifer claimed to live at uh, house 148 on a street that actually the street numbers stop at 98. So, so the street
0: actually exists, but it just didn't have stops. that number of a house.
1: Correct. So, um, they're like, she must have some connection here because, you know, she knew things about the village, um, or she could have looked at a map and picked well but um,
0: also that the phone number she gave they said it was i'm guessing area code etc was consistent with the phone numbers from that area so again she could have looked at the other numbers and made one up i suppose
1: if she's a spy then it you know she probably has she's probably part of an intelligence agency that might like provide her a dossier this is her jennifer fairgate dossier you know and her mm-hmm. identity Everyone should watch Alias if you haven't, um, because it's amazing. Seasons one and two are perfect television. And even when it goes a little downhill um, in the later days, a good episode, a bad episode of Alias is better than most good episodes yes. of, like,
0: shitty TV. So okay, what went. was, um, so it was Jennifer Garner yes. and that guy. Michael, Var- Michael <laughs> Vartan. Michael Vartan. I was going to say Michael Vargas. No, Michael Vartan. <laughs> I've oh. never
1: been kissed.
0: Oh, so good.
1: So good. Um, who speaks fluent French and he just launches straight into it and you're just like, talk to me forever. Um, Can anyways, we have him
0: as a special guest on I, the podcast? What is he
1: up to? Who knows? Who I knows? would love to have him as a special uh, yeah. guest.
0: Yeah, fill us in. Tell us all about it. <laughs> Enproce. Ha ha ha.
1: However, so when they're talking about she must have some connection to this area. One, I'm like, if she's a spy, because remember, spy train from the beginning. She would have this information. You know, if she's like, if I'm I'm gonna be Jennifer Farragate, right. I know where Jennifer Farragate lives, etc. Um, but also this took me back to college where um so I'm from Maryland, went to no. school in Philly. No. Yes, but believe it or not. How's that tattoo coming? Oh man, the design is just flourishing. <laughs> so um went to school in Philadelphia and was in a sorority. So still laugh about that.
0: That I was in a sorority? Yeah.
1: Why wouldn't I have been in a sorority?
0: Look, man? if I met you on the street, the first thing I would think was, she's definitely a sorority sister. <laughs> you know,
1: that's just how I present. So um, so one of my pledge classmates, pledge sisters, um, needed to do a fake ID. So she took my address <gasps> and added one to everything. so whenever she had to have like knowledge so like you know she took the in it was like you know house I grew up in plus one and I was like well you know that number doesn't exist she's like bars in Philly are not going to know they're just gonna ask what my address is um and the house I grew up in was a single number so it was not hard for her to learn Ah. uh, (laughs) the actual thing you know it's not that hard to you know if you need a fake identity to just sort of you know even back in the day look up a a street and be like, I live at 148.
0: Okay, this is true. However, I will say there's probably a little bit of a different level of scrutiny mm. between um, international espionage <laughs> and trying yes. to drink underage in Philadelphia, which let's be honest, I would imagine most of the places in Philadelphia, you'd, you, you can slip in without that ID. False. Oh. I always got caught. And <laughs> That's Look. because you have the face of someone who is eternally young and beautiful. And also- I have chubby cheeks, you guys. No, <laughs> no. Um, and also, you are the type of person who can't get away with a lie.
1: How dare you?
0: <laughs> I am such a good liar. What have you lied about?
1: I rarely lie. Exactly. Don't... Usually it's just if I'm late See, for something. I could already
0: tell that you were lying there.
1: Usually it's just like I do do the shows up ten minutes late with Starbucks, but like <laughs> I rarely, you know, I don't. I lie about you know, you know if like i I'm waiting family member gets a haircut. Ooh, that's a haircut.
0: You know. Wow, that's not a lie though. That's an omission <laughs> just, of an opinion. You're oh, that's just a statement of fact at that point. You that is a haircut. <laughs>
1: If someone's baby isn't cute, that's a baby.
0: <laughs> Look at the cheeks. Look at that! All that hair. Okay, you. But you've got to be. I mean, how are you at games like poker, where you have to bluff?
1: I get really bored playing poker, so I'm just bad at it in general. Um, in like games where there's like an imposter, I'm pretty good. Oh, I'm pretty trustworthy. You are so trustworthy. Like, so with the, the aforementioned Canadian friends that I miss dearly and want to visit, um, you know, we play lots of board games when I'm there. Uh, and there's we, one of the, my favorites is the Battlestar Galactica board game. Excellent board game. Highly recommend. Um, but, you know, there's Cylons and you get to be a Cylon. And so, uh, you know, you have to like betray everybody. You know, like, Ooh, boop, boop, I love betrayal. Yep. yep. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, I am I don't lie a lot. But I feel like. I'm a decent liar. I mean, oh, 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 oh. When I was a youth, to the point where I still drew my Ys backwards.
0: Aww.
1: And there's a Y in my name, so Aww. you have to I, I imagine this. I definitely wrote my name on the wall of my home in Cran, And I for sure, when my parents saw it, and we're like, Katie! I was like, I didn't do it. Brett.
0: Brett <laughs> the worst it. lie ever.
1: <laughs> and it, yes, it, yes, it was at my height and in my handwriting with my backwards wife. I was like, Brett did it.
0: Mother <laughs> got in trouble for trying to frame me. I cannot believe that Mama and Papa Haas fell for that.
1: I have a feeling they were trying to guilt me into telling the truth. Uh-huh. Like, say, like, look at the consequences of your lie. Like, I have a feeling like they, I mean, they're not stupid people. Like, they knew. The, and fact, it was that like, you, oh, the fact that you still have bro- such an
0: emotional attachment to this means that it works.
1: <laughs> your brother, your brother doesn't get dessert tonight because he drew on the wall. Does someone want to perhaps come clean? I was just like.
0: He's probably digging into that I- ice cream going, ha nope. <laughs> he really, he really shouldn't have written on the wall then, shouldn't he? <laughs> Look, bottom line is, I don't think that it's something that comes naturally to you, Katie. But that's fair. You, if I, I know that if you applied yourself and tried, <laughs> you would be successful at it. Well, thank you. I Anytime. would be a horrible spy. I, for
1: sure, straight out of college, applied for a job at the CIA, to, like a design job, not like being a secret agent or whatever. And then I immediately after I applied, told fucking all of my friends that I was applying for a job at the CIA. So like. You know, I, I much like we would not be good detectives. I would not be a good lying <laughs> spy. Um, anyhow, nice. <laughs> I am for sure the Marshall, If we want to go with alias, I'm not the.
0: I am not the Jennifer Garner. Here is my my take on this picture. She looks like Nev Campbell from 1995, like the sure. short hair um super short and by short i mean somewhere between a pixie cut to like slightly slicked back right behind her ears
1: Mm -hmm. wearing
0: the black leather jacket she had that like mid-90s like badass thing going on jamie lee curtis in true lies (gasps) yes and also she was tiny she they said she was like five two so yes Mm -hmm. yes Mm -hmm. i have no idea how tall jamie lee curtis is but in my mind she's tiny but, you know, when she, like,
1: tries to, like, be a spy in True Lies and yes. embrace her role, and she, like, slicks her hair. Yes, just like that. That was the first R-rated movie I ever saw.
0: Mine was definitely my father took me to see a movie I should not have seen as a young <laughs> child. More on that later. It's fine. It's, I'm fine. I'm a functioning <laughs> adult, fine. and I'm fine. It's
1: fine. Totally fine. It's fine. Uh, points, so then we go into the kind of points against the suicide theory, because that's what the police, you know, that's what they think case closed so points against the suicide theory one um she looked like she was a woman going out so they're saying you know she's depressed and she checks into this luxury hotel because she's you know going to live in style in her four, last few days um why would she have taken a shower they bring up and i'm like that's fucking true if you're depressed like taking a shower is pretty and getting dressed pretty, up pre- getting like that is tough yeah. um yeah. when you're like no i'm gonna stay in my blanket for today thank oh, you yeah so she had a shower. She was dressed to go out. like She had heels on. Um, uh, the gun that she had was a 9 millimeter Browning semi-automatic, which they say is very, very powerful. Um, it's more of an assault gun rather than a self-defense gun. And if right. she's a tiny woman, why does she, you know, you'd think maybe she would have, like, a
0: much smaller gun. It's got a big slash large recoil. And so they show... Um, this big dude firing it at the firing range and it's it's making his hand go back and this is like a mm-hmm. little tiny 5.2 lady um i hate gun- i really do i hate mm-hmm. i hate guns um i have of course fired a gun before because i'm from texas Same. So that's what you do um and yeah that's no that's no that recoil's no joke mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. i'm i'm with them on that i i i've fired a rifle oh at 4-H camp. <laughs> 4-H camp! I love it! How wholesome.
1: Uh, so in, d- in addition to that, she had a briefcase filled with nothing but bullets. Oh. She had 25 extra rounds. And so they're saying, if you're going to kill yourself, why would you have that many bullets? Although I-, I figure bullets come in boxes. So I don't think that that's a... Well, right. I don't think you can buy... Uh, oh, sorry, I just need the one
0: bullet. Thank you.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like, I think you have to have several rounds. I mean, have I told
0: you, you that that's actually my plan for how to uh, curb gun violence in the U.S. is you, because of our stupid constitution, I don't think that we're going to ever be able to do anything meaningful with the actual gun control. But bullet control. Yes. You make you make those 20 grand a pop. Dang. You must really, you must really fucking hate someone that... if you're going <laughs> to... Or really, really boy. want to get that deer. Um, so, right, so she's probably got to, like you said, buy a box of bullets. But then I started thinking again, okay, granted, it's 1995, but in 1995, you still, if if you flew somewhere, you still had to go through an X-ray at the airport. And there's no way that you're getting a gun through an airport and or a briefcase full of ammo. So... Unless you're arriving in some other way.
1: Right, Clandest- so... C- clandestinely.
0: Right. But but it's like, did she bring it? Did she bring the gun with my my overarching question was, did she bring the gun and the ammo with her to Oslo? Or did Mm -hmm. she somehow manage to pick it up there in Oslo? Mm -hmm. And also, we don't know, we don't know the serial number, they said was filed off the gun, but also done in a quote, unquote, very professional way, like an acid etching off of the number. So they said it went deep. And they said a lot of times if people don't know what they're doing, it's a very superficial job. And you can still tell actually what the serial number is in the gun. I had no idea. I learned something new. Um, But this was done in a very professional manner. They still can't figure out what the serial number is of this gun. So we don't know. Um, Also, they bring up, which we sort of alluded to earlier, the gun
1: was still in her hand when they found her, which when you have a huge, powerful gun... And you're killing yourself. With that kind of recoil, wouldn't it fall out of her hand?
0: Yes. Um,
1: so they're saying that the, the fact the gun was still in her hand was, especially because she was holding it kind of weirdly in order to fire the trigger with her thumb and point it at herself, allegedly. Um, you know, if you're holding it that weird, you're not
0: even bracing mm-hmm. it,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it would fall out of your hand. So the the wound was in her forehead. Mm-hmm. And maybe I've watched too many movies. They didn't bring this up on the show, but when people are usually doing that to themselves, they usually show it in your mouth, mouth. as opposed to your forehead. It seems like that's just a much harder thing to do anyways, because it's heavy and you're holding it up further, right? That Lars is hiring all sorts of professionals in order to kind of
1: dig into the crime scene. Because that's real... crime scene, you know, whatever. The scene. Um, because... We don't know. Literally, this is the information we have. So we meet again. Sorry to our hundreds and hundreds of Norwegian listeners. Um, we meet Gear uh, um who is a crime scene investigator, uh, and he's the guy that we see at the firing range. He's like the big dude we see there, and he says that the nine millimeter has a very hard recoil. And it's more of an assault weapon than a self defense weapon. So you'd think like a spy would need an assault weapon versus a I'm only defending myself weapon. Um, He's flat out saying there's a second person in there. Like that's what he believes. Um, We also meet Torleve. So sorry. Was this the medical examiner? uh, This is the pathologist. The pathologist. Torlev
0: Ole. I'm so sorry, Mr. Pathologist. I didn't even write your name down. I just wrote what you do. He's
1: the chief pathologist at Oslo University Hospital. Um, And he also says that, like, he says it's very suspicious, so I I write in real big terms, like, so sus! So sus! Because there's no blood spots or soot deposits on her hands. And he's saying that, well, if you have this big gun, and you have it on your forehead, you would probably, and he's, like, using evidence, he's not just positing this, he's saying that when people do this, typically they then hold the barrel of the gun to their head. And I'm definitely doing this in the video. I watch it. And so I look... Kind of like I'm trying to brace my own unicorn horn. <laughs> Maybe one day we'll pivot to video and you guys will be able to see how wonderful we look when we do this. Mm. So he's saying that typically when people do this, they brace it against their head. So they get blood on the hand that's bracing the barrel, as well as soot deposits from the, you know, the bullet coming out of the gun on that hand. And he, he said there's nothing.
0: Right. They showed they have the pictures from the, uh, not. I was going to say the autopsies, not the autopsies, the, the actual crime scene when they went in there. Her hand is completely free. I mean, is so clean. If that either
1: says that she was cleaned up, which means there's a second person, or that someone shot her. So that means there's a second person. So he's saying very suspicious. So sus, so sus. So sus. Lars is saying he's hiring all these experts, which includes gear. And then also Per Iverson, who is an investigator, gear and pair. <laughs> um... So he's saying there's no blood on the on her hands or on her weapon. <laughs> at this point, my notes. So they're recon they're oh. reconstructing the crime scene. My notes go to all um, caps at this point with a lot of gear. Oh. Gear and Pear and Lars they're in a hotel room and there's a woman there to help re- like to be the woman and she's like a you know they get like a woman who's kind of like the same sort of size and um the, both Gear and Pear are like there's someone else there and this in my notes it just says. This poor woman yes. and an angry face because Pear then decides, like he's saying, like what they probably did was straddle her, and he like gets on her oh, on the bed. So uncomfortable and like is holding the prop gun to her. And literally Lars turns to gear and goes, Is this what you usually do when you investigate? <laughs> No, I was oh, yes, screaming. Bars.
0: I was screaming at the TV. Even Super Husband was like, this is really uncomfortable. Why don't they just use a mannequin or something? I was like, I don't I don't know. And this poor woman is, she's laying there pretending to be not dead yet. Because she's still like, I mean, she's got her eyes open. But she's just being very, very still while this giant man is crawling all over her and positioning the gun. Like, but what if they did like this? And then he's like, puts it up here, like to her forehead. He's putting his hands on her head like but if they shielded themselves like this and, and it's whatever and they paid silent. her it was not enough let's say that yeah,
1: she's silent too so i'm just like do you work with these people like are you like pear's assistant and you're just like oh god fucking pear i'll get climbing all over me again or are you just like hired for this one specific thing and you're like i thought i don't i don't know what i thought this was gonna be <laughs> Um, so Was she, like, the fourth uh, girl that
0: they had gone through that day? And she was, oh like, God. the first three were like, "This is this is too weird. This is officially too weird. I'm out.
1: So they say that there was also, since there was no sign of struggle, because remember, the police report was like, there's no sign of another person, no sign of struggle. They said she could have been unconscious when she was shot. At that point, Lars is like, well, the toxicology report says they only checked for alcohol. So I'm like... <laughs> NCIS lied to me. <laughs> you mean there's not a magical machine that Abby, like, put the toxicology report in and it comes back with every possible drug that well, it
0: could possibly be? Not in 1995, 1995. You mean you have to check for specific things? Crazy. So, yeah, anyway, And of course, they can't go back and check it because what did they do with all the evidence from her case a year after they found her? And then
1: they, uh, they destroyed it. Because she had committed suicide, so the uh, the case was closed. So why not get rid of all of the evidence? Everything? That would be everything. That would be everything. So, um... <laughs> so Lars then, he's like, at this point I make a timeline. And shows that... So they The police timeline was basically like, she was in her room the whole time. And kind of backing up the whole, she's in there living out her... Last few days, and she's going to commit suicide. Um, However, Lars juxtaposes this with the maids who are saying, well, when we were in at X time, the room was empty. So when you look at the card swipes, it shows that instead of being in her room for 20 hours, she was gone for 20 hours. So at this point, they're saying, like, well, was she there for drug smuggling? Was she a high-class prostitute or... Was she
0: a spy? I and I am like, rolled yeah! my eyes at that whole high-class prostitute thing. If that had been a dude, there's no way they would have been like, maybe he was a high-class prostitute. No, they would have been like, he's an important businessman here
1: for business purposes. At this point, that's when they bring up that the Plaza Hotel had hosted top political meetings. They'd hosted, you know, Pal- Palestinian peace talks, that kind of stuff. So they're saying, like, maybe she was an assassin or a spy. Um, at this point, we meet... Ola Kaldiger
0: who was a uh, part of Norwegian intelligence and um, and had Of course sorry to interrupt but of course he's talking to us from another beautiful scenic forest and lake. <laughs> we get it Norway. We get it. We get it.
1: And he's saying that he worked with a lot of in war and crisis type stuff like the Middle East, the Balkans, Africa and he's like it wasn't James Bond but it was a type of spying and he is flat out she was a spy. Spy, train, spy, train. Because he's saying he thinks it's intelligence, an uh, intelligence op that was carried out perfectly because we have no idea what happened and we have no idea who she is. Mm-hmm. Um, he said that she was executed. He's saying that, and that's when we learn about the kind of the registration on the gun being professionally removed. The no clothing labels, he says, is typical for intelligence so that it can't be traced like, oh, she's wearing a shirt from America or whatever. Um, he said that the door being double locked from the inside means nothing. It's part of the game for intelligence to be able to get in and you wouldn't be able to trace it.
0: The, what um, What's his sits, exact quote? Are you going to give it to us? Did you write this down? His quote about the whole thing with the door? It's no closed door for intelligence.
1: <laughs> there are get me. it, Ola? Um, he also says that uh, both sides, both her side, wherever she was an, an intelligence officer for... And the people who executed her would be silent about this because no one's going to admit, hey, we had a spy there. That's right. Um, So he is fully on board spy train. At this point, I'm just like, feel super vindicated about being on spy train from the beginning. Um, My
0: favorite part was Lars besides the whole there's no closed door bit, which, by the way, third tattoo. um, Lars says, wow, Ola, don't you think it's just lucky that she stayed incognito for so many years after her death? And Ola's like, uh no it sounds like she did a good job that was her job you're not supposed to know know. who she was dang lars
1: at this point is just like well we didn't have dna and stuff in 95 so let's get her dna let's 23 and me this bitch so uh (laughs) they (laughs) exhume her body in 20 uh 2016 um and at this point is also when we say that we learn that they've destroyed all evidence so that They took a blood sample at the time, but they don't have it anymore, so that's why we need to disturb her remains. So they um they exhume her. And at this point, the way they're setting it up, I'm like, there's not gonna be a body. That's exactly what's gonna be gone. So
0: they have the um (laughs) the backhoe or whatever it is that they're using to dig up where where her unmarked grave is, and he goes, She's not there, is she? She's gone, right? She's gone.
1: But they're like, Nope. We, had, we found everything we needed, da 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 da, da. They found teeth, etc., and hair
0: and whatever. Mm-hmm. So, um...
1: Let me tell you, find- you
0: know about my tooth thing. Listeners, I have a thing where teeth really, really gross me out. I think that's actually the hardest part of being a parent, is dealing with all the, the loose teeth and the, the, the tooth fairy situation. It's... Oh, so when they... One of the things they do is they have a tooth and they're like cutting into it and doing all these tests on it and oh. and grinding it Ooh. so that you get tooth powder oh.
1: um this is okay i honestly didn't know you had a tooth How- thing and that makes the tail of your second daughter going this tooth is loose and then just pulling it out even funnier How- you guys second daughter it both daughters are amazing. Second daughter is just so no-nonsense. She's like, this is loose. Pachunk. Like, just.
0: Reached let's get rid of this. into We're, her own her mouth. Goes. And just yanked <laughs> that sucker out. How did you not know I had a tooth thing? I did not know oh, you had a tooth oh, thing. I have a tooth thing. A very good friend of mine who, I know you'll leap his name out, Katie, but. <gasps> um, a few years ago was trying to. I mean, he writes a lot. And he was writing a book trying to explain to children what the tooth fairy does with the teeth that she collects and he kept running these ideas past me and i was pulling everyone i worked with and every idea was like more horrific and disturbing to me than the last one it was awful it was like oh she she plants them and they grow into big teeth for babies that don't i don't know it was so it was so awful have you listened to Mabim Bam lately about how they had teeth that they were trying
1: to find yes, someone did, to get? Yes, I did <laughs> <laughs> They get her DNA and they 23andMe her, and they find out that she's European, which is like, okay, that helps. Okay,
0: this reminded, wait, but this reminded me of your 23andMe experience, <laughs> where they were like, she's of European heritage.
1: I am the, I'm like 99.9, except for the .01 of all of us that is Africa-based, the rest of me is white. I'm a ghost. I'm so white. Not something I'm like, yay. I'm just more like, I was like, oh, so we've confirmed this. Um, (laughs) It was interesting. It was interesting to find out. I mean, I'm adopted, right? So I didn't know. We thought like maybe we'd get a curveball. Like my brother is a a quarter Mexican. Right, right. Wouldn't have known.
0: Wouldn't have known. No,
1: no. He is the gingeriest ginger that ever gingered down ginger lane. There's nothing that would suggest about him that any part of his heritage was not. You know, from a leprechaun and a fairy somewhere in Ireland. He, but he does look—he hey. does look
0: like a Weasley. Let's be honest.
1: Um, he's their grumpy uncle. <laughs> grumpy uncle. <laughs> grumpy uncle their, Brent. They're grumpy, tatted-up muggle, muggle <laughs> uncle. Um, they also uh, figure out there's this way to determine her age, and this is why they grind up the tooth. <laughs> um. There's a professor at Karolinska Institute in Sweden Sweden. um, who comes up with the way of, um, because there were all the above ground nuclear tests in around the Cold War, um, you can, apparently the ambient radiation can get trapped in the enamel of your teeth. How interesting is that? Slash horrifying. Right. So you can like look at someone's Mm -hmm. teeth, compare the amount of radiation in the enamel, which is why they... Round up the tooth. No, thank you. And you can compare that to other things with the same ambient radiation to, to figure out their age. So the medical examiner from back in the day, back when they found the body, was like, she could be anywhere from like 21 to 30. Um, And then doing this tooth aging, they figure that she's 24. Um, and this is also when we hear that people at the front desk said that she spoke with an East German accent. So they think that she might be, either she learned German in East Germany, um, she might have lived there for a little bit, the way that, you know, maybe she soaks up accents the way if I go back to Philly, I yeah. extra say, say Witter a lot. You I know? thought that was interesting um, that
0: I, I had never really thought about the fact that East and West Germany would have had different accents, but I guess they were separated for long enough that they could even even just the
1: geography right like you you can tell when someone lives in minnesota versus yeah i didn't know that was a thing with german because she was perhaps in some way connected towards to germany east germany um he published a story in uh, a paper in berlin to see if they would get any tips he said he got tips but no solutions that's right as of yet
0: so that's but he is determined to get to the bottom of this okay So I I hit the Google machines because I was like, is there anything else out there about this? I found some interesting tidbits and theories. I will put out a big disclaimer that these are not from websites I have heard of before. Um, (laughs) They are not perhaps known.
1: Murderfacts.com. Right. They're
0: not, not necessarily coming from the New York Times. As a matter of fact, they are not coming. Not recognized news outlets. Let's say that. So the first one comes from a URL. Uh, the, the website is screenrant.com. And they added in a few tidbits that they said were left out of the Unsolved Mysteries episode. And so there's some other things from the autopsy report that they didn't get into on the episode. So they said that on Friday, June 2nd, that the, the unidentified woman had ordered uh, bratwurst and potato salad. German. Um, <laughs> at 8.06 p.m. However, there was a Finnish article, as translated by a Reddit user, so just everybody, just, I know, I get it, okay? Salt shaker. (laughs) The autopsy um, showed the room service meal in her stomach, which suggests that she ate it the same day that she died. So if she did kill herself, that means she would have eaten a day-old nasty room service, potato salad room service, um before she killed herself with a pistol. The evidence suggests that she was murdered on that Friday that she ordered the room service because of the contents of her stomach. So they were suggesting that the room, when they found her, was staged to protect the fact that someone else killed her and that the smell that the hotel employees noticed that maybe that was already because she had been, you know, in, a, in the early stages of, of decomposition. That's interesting, but there was also the gunshot. Um, also, they said that they found a newspaper, USA Today newspaper, with, with the room number 2816 on it, was found in her room, 2805. Did Was that the... I know. So, did she have an accomplice staying in another room? Did she mm-hmm. have access to the other room, I mean, it's also possible if if she's an international spy, she just stole a goddamn newspaper from that room because she wanted to catch up on the day's events. So they call the person who may or may not have been in room 2816 a mysterious, quote-unquote, Mr. X. They said that the person staying in 2816 was a Belgian man and that he claimed that an employee at the Plaza Hotel told him about Jennifer Fairgate's death when he checked out in the morning of Saturday, June 3rd. But the hotel employees didn't actually find her until the evening on Saturday. So then it's like, okay, so did he know about it ahead of time because he actually killed her? Or do people Mm -hmm. just have their timelines mixed up because, you know, this was back in 1995. (laughs) The other interesting article I found, again, this is not coming from the AP News Service... This is from a website called decider.com also brings up the room 2816 killer and that there was a fingerprint found on the bag but that investigators were unable to identify it and that there's really nothing known about whoever was staying in room 2816 and then in the same article the decider article there's another theory that there's this hotel guest staying at the plaza at the same time that he was in the hotel room next door that this person said he he didn't hear anything the evening that she died, but again, that she heard, he heard about it when he checked out the next morning, even though the hotel didn't find her body until that night.
1: Right, so my question is, so like the hotel finds her body or whatever, but remember the security guard knocks on the door and hears a gunshot. Mm-hmm. So it's like, was something rigged to make the noise, like if, if she was killed earlier or something like that, like right that's that's this timeline. that's i think that's where the timeline gets really screwy for me because like so if like she was killed earlier or anything like that it's like what caused that noise like was there a tr- like a sound trigger or something because you know there are no closed doors for
0: intelligence um,
1: something <laughs> so that when they knock on the door it's just like and they're like oh ah! and so like it starts the drama of oh they want her to be found and they want them to conclude it's a suicide so right so listeners <laughs> Uh, this has been... I think we were a little more to the point than, than last episode. It's gonna be a fun edit, I think. It won't be as massive uh, as last
0: time. Woo! But you know, you know the saying, that ye old saying, if it's a panty, you get a tanny. The
1: tanny. Yeah. Longer the panty, longer the tanny.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: listeners, thank you so much for joining us for this one. It was an interesting one. I I love a, a good spy tale. Oh, so I, That's good. where I... That's where I land on this. I fully am on the spy train. I started on the spy train. None, none of the, the stuff they brought up got me off the spy train. I'm now the conductor of the spy train. <laughs>
0: and I'm fully on board <laughs> your train. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, you can find us at Wine Times Pod at, uh, on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, you can email us at winetimespod at gmail.com. Um, tell us what you think, you know, on some of these mysteries. If you think uh, – if you have a different theory – um, if you read something somewhere else, you know, really kind of let us know what you think. Uh, if you have any family mysteries or please
0: don't send family tooth stories. Oh, please. Step. No tooth stories. Please no tooth please pictures. Do no that. tooth stories. Thank you very much. <laughs>
1: um, but you know, if you have any family mysteries you'd like to share again, if we, we get enough, we might do like a, a fun episode of, of Ooh, listeners. local listener mysteries. Um, you can also find us at our individual accounts. I'm at Katie
0: Haas and M.M. is uh, at True Crime Wine 69. Thank you at Official Chris Hansen always for gifting me the gorgeous handle at True Crime Wine <laughs> 69. Wonderful.
1: You, guys, I feel like we need to tell that story and it's really not a story. I I got Chris Hansen to, to do a cameo for M.M.'s birthday and he asked her why that was her handle. And I was like, that's brilliant because I didn't ask him to do that. I just said I had a few things that he needed to hit he hit them and then he riffed and he was love amazing he hit, like he went he like mentioned white claw for some reason
0: it was the best money i've ever spent oh it was the best honestly. present i've ever gotten listeners if you <laughs> want to see it it's the very first thing on my instagram handle at true crime wine 69 please go check it out it is a hoot a holler and if-
1: and honestly, if someone in your life likes Chris Hansen or would find a message from Chris Hansen hilarious, go on his cameo. He is affordable and <laughs> does the job. I requested it weeks in advance because I had no idea that one cameo had a week uh, deadline. Um, he got to me next day. Amazing. Uh, and
0: then he's a professional. He's a goddamn professional. Amazing. Uh.
1: So yeah. So artificial chris hansen thank you for one your work and career but two uh the gift of the handle um
0: and yeah we'll talk to you next week you guys bye listeners pop a bottle with us come pop a bottle with us i haven't even previewed the next episode i don't know what it's about me neither i know it's
1: not the ghost one that's all i know
0: look when it's me you and a bottle of wine you know it's gonna be a good time